the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at 8 minutes past 10 o'clock. We are awaiting the call from Congressman Jim Jordan. I will let you know when he is on the line so that we can get uh, his perspective and point of view on everything having to do with the Wuhan coronavirus. I will continue to remind you this is a foreign-born virus that has spread around the world as a pandemic. It is not the United States' responsibility for its origin nor for its spread, no matter how many Democrats want to tell you. That it is. It is a Monday, the, the uh, 16th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. I want to say this, too, as we get By the way, don't forget to get out and vote tomorrow. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Uh, I don't care who you like, uh, and I'm not going to tell you who to like, because I am not endorsing any candidate other than Donald J. Trump uh, in this primary. I am uh, only endorsing that you go and vote, so I can tell you that. Make sure that you do. And again, obviously, use safe practices. Take some hand sanitizer. Make sure you wipe things down before you use them. Make sure you wash your hands after uh, you use them as well. So uh, I want to say this. I went to um, a local Walmart this morning about 6 a.m. Got up early. and I'm usually up not too long after that anyway to listen to Hugh Hewitt and prepare for this morning's show, each morning show. But I got up and went out because I went out over the weekend, do a little shopping, and was looking for bread. The bread, like so many other aisles, were, um, were empty. And I went to Giant Eagle, I went to Sam's Club, I went to Walmart, and I went to Discount Drug Mart, and everybody was all dealing with the, you know, the issue. And so you, you do what you do. You go and you, you, know, you, you, you search the best you can to find the things that you need. And I knew we were going to be needing bread. So I, I got, I, the, the rule basically they're saying is they're stocking overnight and cleaning and sanitizing the best they can. And then they're putting them out. And the best time to go and try to get these things before the shelves get cleaned out is early in the morning when they open. So I did. I got up there and got up there about 6.10 this morning. And I just want to say this. 
What I bought is irrelevant. I got some, a couple of loaves of bread, some peanut butter, a few other staple items, no big deal. But the point I wanted to make is I saw some people working their tails off, and I want you to make sure that if you go shopping, even if you don't get the toilet paper or the bread or the whatever it is that you're looking for, when you see those stock people wearing those blue vests, if it's at one store, green or red or the other, wherever you go, Give them a pat on the back. Maybe not a literal one because we have to keep social distancing, they say. But but seriously, give them a thank you. These people are busting their tails to try to keep these shelves stocked with all of these items that people are hoarding or just shopping responsibly and reasonably for. They're there all night long. They're trying to make sure that these things are there for you the next day. So this is a a thankless job that the stock folks and uh, cashiers and everybody else at all these stores are are doing right now. So make sure you give them a little bit of credit when you do go out there and uh, try to save up in case we are indeed locked into our homes for a couple of weeks. All right, uh, with that in mind, what a perfect time to bring on Congressman Jim Jordan, who is now with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, he is, of course, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. That is my district. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing fine, Bob. How are you doing? I, I think uh, I think what you just said about those uh, those people working in uh, uh, retail outlets and, and, and stores and stocking the shelves, I think that was uh, well said and, and, uh, and certainly deserved. Yeah, uh, people get mad, you know. Uh, I went out yesterday to go to uh, Sam's Club, and there was a guy at the door saying, just so you know, folks, on your way in, we do not have any more paper products as people look for those things, and we do not have any bottled water. Uh-huh. And people were yelling at the guy. And it's like, oh, my God, yeah. when are you getting more in? And the poor guy, you know, these people are working a very yeah. difficult and thankless job trying to stock yeah. what they can. They, they don't control shipments, and then they take the, uh, the abuse of the people. And I, and I hope people realize that's, that's just the wrong way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, Congressman, let's talk about where we are. Um, the, the discussion now, of course, is, well, it's multilayered, obviously, but I want to talk about uh, the role of government here, and I want to ask your opinion on what you think should be happening. I know that our government is tasked at all levels, is tasked with dealing with this pandemic and and dealing with saving lives and making sure that this health crisis um, affects as few of people as possible. And I want that too. And I want the decisions that they make to be geared toward that. However, there are a lot of things that have a lot of asking a lot of serious questions, such as Mm -hmm. if we take people's livelihoods away from them by saying you can't go here and you can't go there and all of the workers at those places now are out of jobs or at least out of, you know, for for a period of time, whether it's two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, ten weeks, they're out of work. Um, We grind our economy to a halt and we endanger a lot of other people's lives, people who can't feed themselves, people who are going paycheck to paycheck. How? What is the best approach for government here as it pertains to dealing with the health pandemic of the coronavirus, but also uh, the, the pandemic or the epidemic that would, uh, that would be rampant through our communities, such as not being able to take care of ourselves and our own needs? Yeah, I think a couple things. Uh, first, I, I do think um, when the, when the president gave his um, press conference last week, I thought that was helpful, showing that um, <clears throat> we're as a, as a government working with the private sector. He had a number of CEOs out there. Some of the CEOs from companies like you were describing, the retail outlets who who are uh, uh, working closely with the government and helping. I think that was good. I think the the idea that we're going to make try to try to get more testing so we get a better idea of what's actually happening out there. How widespread this is what what the rate is for those who have it and then those who who uh who get really sick so um i think all that's important I think that, frankly the, the the president saying that um at this time uh, he was going to restock the strategic petroleum reserves and 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 do that when the price was low and 
I think it's in a number of important uh, messages. Um, I think we just got to stay focused on common sense um, and and where government can be helpful. Uh, we we should that do it in a way that's consistent with uh, good policy. Um, you know, there's a bill that was passed at at midnight on on on. Well, I guess it would be early Saturday morning because it was after midnight mm-hmm. that we literally had 15 minutes to read and had seven minutes of debate on. Um, that I didn't think did some of the things that that that, that we should have done. Um, so we're, we're, I think we're just going to kind of work through this as best we can and exercise common sense and and as you said, uh, thank the people who are working hard and uh, and and try to try to just stay stay focused on uh, getting through this as best we can, like Americans have done with countless number of issues in the past. To the decisions, though, made by, you know, for example, state government, as far as, you know, as of last night, 9 p.m., restaurants and bars are closed. Yeah. Restaurants can serve carry-out food. Bars are just flat-out closed. Yeah. You can't can't exactly sell carry-out uh, uh, pina coladas. Um, so, right. you know, let's say Tom's Tavern down the block, he employs, you know, 15 people, some barbacks, no, some, some servers, no. and so on and so forth. He's literally shut down now for an indeterminate period of time. Is it going to be the same distance or same length of time as the, that the Governor DeWine shut down schools for three weeks? Or is it going to be for three months? Because the Governor has also said that the school shutdown could last for the rest of the year, which takes us into early June. Um, what what can government do for Tom and his employees? I know the president said, you know, talked about uh, opening up a fund to try to pay people during this period of time. Right. But, you know, first of all, Tom's going to probably lose his business. And, and what about his employees? Uh, the vast majority, in fact, I saw a number yesterday uh, on Bankrate, I think it is, dot com, that's 69% of Americans, this is shocking, 69% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their savings. So these people are literally now at 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 in a very different kind of a health crisis when they can't buy food. Yeah, no, uh, and and a, and a, a couple things. Uh, you're right. I, I got a call from a, a good friend, an old friend, who's in the restaurant business, and he was asking some of the same same questions. And mm-hmm. this is why the legislation I think passed uh, that that passed on Friday night was was not. Not not appropriate because it basically said, oh, you businesses, you have to front the money for for paid sick leave and and, and some of the other things. You have to front the money for that, um, and then you can get it back in the tax credit. Well, they there may not be enough cash flow to get to be around long enough to get the tax credit uh, break coming back. So it seems to me we should just have handled this through the unemployment uh, uh, program that's already there. And if 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 the uh, you got this, the governor says we're going to close down bars and restaurants, then then that's that's kind of an unemployment situation and we should probably work through it um, through that existing program. So uh, <clears throat> I think we're going to have to wait and see um, just just how long this takes. Let's hope it's short term. Let's hope it's only uh, a, a short amount of time. But uh, frankly, as we just don't know at this point, we were just on a conference call with, with uh, folks here at the state. And what we do know is there's lots of information that, that people can gather uh, on, on Various websites that both the state of Ohio has and, and CDC has at the federal government level as well that I think will help people start to, um, they can go there and, and get that information or they can contact our office and we'll make sure we can, we can direct them to that, those sites as well. What is your opinion, Congressman, on the way CDC has handled this thus, thus far? And in fact, if you want to just lump the federal government 
into that with the CDC. Um, obviously, the left is having a field day criticizing President Trump because we didn't have enough tests ready to go. The president said, well, CDC doesn't do that. We don't get tests from other countries and use those. We develop our own. It's just the way we've always done it. It's not new. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the president is taking a beating. Uh, he's going to take a beating for the impact of the economy. Uh, this is going to have on the economy, too. Uh, what is your take on how the federal government has responded to yeah. this thus far? Mm-hmm. My 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 biggest thing is you know this is this the, the the left is so quick to criticize the president. The president I think is is handled this as as as, as the way you want someone to handle this. Uh, this was something new. This is something no one saw. Um, and as I said, I thought I thought the way he conducted his his press conference uh, last week was exactly the right tone and message, and and um, you know handled that handled that well. Uh, Dr. Fauci has been in our committee. He was in our committee two days in a row. Um, uh, talking about the, the what the federal government's doing, so I think they're doing the, the very best they can. Uh, it's just it's just such an unknown that we're going to have to try to, as I said, remain focused on on common sense and see see uh, just just get through this as best we uh, possibly can, and hopefully as quick as we possibly can. Um, you, you know, I just I just think that's where we have to stay focused, Congressman. Um... Dr. Fauci has kind of become the the medical voice, I guess, of this whole thing. I mean, he's talking mm-hmm. to you and your committees. He's on every talk show. He's kind of the guy um, that a lot of people are putting their faith in. Um, he has said two things I wanted to ask you about. Number one, he himself sure. says he's not getting a test, even though he's a senior. He's not getting a test because he is not symptomatic. And that has a lot of people saying, wait a minute, um, are you saying if we aren't coughing and feverish, we shouldn't get tested? Because that's there's a lot of mixed messages going on about that. So Dr. Yeah. Fauci says he's not doing it. And then the second thing is he has, again, this kind of medical-slash-moral authority that America has kind of turned to. He has suggested mm-hmm. that he would support a 14-day full-on American shutdown of virtually all commerce, essentially saying stay home for 14 days. It's the only way to flatten this curve and really stop this thing from spreading the way that it is. Do you support that? Well, one of the things, I, I, you, hear, you hear different things from different doctors. Um, so on, on, the, on the testing issue, it's the same thing I heard, I heard a, a doctor on, on TV uh, Two nights ago, say if you're showing no symptoms, then it's then it's probably fine for you to visit your your parents or your grandparents. Uh, you know, don't give them a hug, but but you can. And then then I hear from another doctor. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Even if you're showing no symptoms, maybe you should just wait and make you know just just stay away. So uh, mm-hmm. we're hearing sort of conflicting messages on 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 you know that issue and whether you've been tested or not, no or not. And then if you have been tested, could you could you could you contract it later? So. Um, I think that's that's sort of a just I don't know which one to, to, to believe. It seems to me again common sense. If you're showing those symptoms, if you're healthy, um, it seems to me that you should you should you could be able to visit your parents. But maybe do what the doctor said. Don't don't give your mom and dad a hug when you go see them. Instead, just keep a little distance if they're older. Um, that's what I think. Because you can be a carrier. That's the one thing that they have said. Yeah. You can be a carrier without any symptoms at yeah. all, without a cough, without a fever, without a without anything. The, 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 on the testing, and the one thing the testing will, I think, help us understand is exactly how tough this thing is. Like, if lots of people get tested and you find that some people have it, but they're, they're not getting sick, maybe we, we learn that it's not as deadly as we initially thought. I don't know. I guess that's the benefit of the, of the testing. Uh, on the 14-day thing, again, we got some doctors saying yes, yeah, some doctors saying no. Um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. We'll, we'll, we'll have to follow, again, common sense and, and, and do what's being suggested. Um, but like I said, I think maybe, uh, you know, just uh, hopefully this, this gets, uh, gets over with this as quickly as possible. Well, for, from the governmental perspective, though, I know you're not a doctor, but you're a legislator, and I don't even know if this would be up to you. If there was to be a 14-day, quote-unquote, national shutdown mimicking what Italy and, and some other countries have done, um, is would that be by executive order by the by president the president or would you have to vote on that and if you did what where, do you have any idea what you would vote we're researching that I think I I I, I think it can be done um, uh, it could be done by executive order but there uh, we're we're looking at um, we're doing the, the legislative research on that to see how it uh, in fact if if it would happen how it could happen um, I don't think anyone's talking about that right now. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that's uh, something I would have some some concern with. But we'd have to see the situation and, and hopefully have more more facts before uh, before anything like that would happen. Uh, we're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan. I know you've got to go, but just real quick, personally, uh, do you have senior? Yeah. I don't know what your parents or your your wife's parents yeah. or anybody else, um, grandparents, et cetera. What what advice are you giving the seniors in your family, particularly? Well, we we, uh, we we since we just got back to Ohio on Saturday, uh, we're waiting a few days uh, before we go see my mom and dad, who live you know just a few miles away, and my my wife's parents who live uh, half a mile away. Um, but we're just waiting a few days and make sure that since we've been traveling a lot. I mean, the month of February, I was I was out of the country. I was in different states and everything else. So, but we've had no. We feel great. Um, but we're just going to wait a few more days, and then we're going to go go visit my parents. And right now, we're just talking to them on the phone and talking to Polly's parents on the phone. So, again, th- that that's what I think is common sense. Uh, I'm not. We're, it, it, that, that's and that's just how we're trying to do it, and that's how we're recommending other people um, uh, do the same. Congressman, I know this is a tough time. We're all charting waters that have never been sailed before in terms yeah. of this, uh, you know, the, the spread of this thing and what's going on in some other countries. It's got a lot of Americans, a lot of Americans afraid, uh, again, of surrendering constitutional liberties uh, out of fear of this thing, but also trying to ba- <laughs> but trying to balance, you know, if this thing is as deadly as, uh, as it appears to be in other yeah. places. So uh, I know it's hard for you guys. Uh, I appreciate all the work that you're doing. Please keep you us bet. posted. Anything new that you can tell us, we would certainly love to share that with our audience yeah. and your constituents. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Thank thank you, Congressman. I appreciate that. All right. uh, It's the same for Jordan as it is for everybody else. I mean, seriously, from the personal... That's why I asked him about what he's talking to his family about, what he's talking to the seniors and his family about. Because he's dealing with it from a personal standpoint as well as from a governmental standpoint. What can we do to keep people safe, including his family, our family, your family, while not taking away our liberties, not shutting down America and turning us into a nation of, of you know bystanders where we just sit and stare out our windows and we'll remember what it used to be like to be able to go places. It's a really difficult thing that they have to do. And I appreciate Congressman Jordan very much. All right, quick time out. Back after this. Ten twenty-eight. We continue AM fourteen twenty. The answer time for maybe one or two calls here before the bottom of the hour. Bob Paduchik, uh with the uh, Trump twenty twenty campaign, going to join us after the bottom. Mary is in North Olmstead on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Mary. Go right ahead. 
Oh, good morning, Bob. This is Mario Irish. I'm baking the Irish soda bread, so I'll send you over a big slice. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> All I can say is my guardian angel tells me this might be a cover. Maybe uh, Trump is draining the deep swamp. So we'll see. You know, it's evil versus good, and God wins. So we'll just keep praying. So thanks for what you do. Well, and thank you. I stand you. with BJ, and mm-hmm. I stand with Frank. All right. God bless. Th- thank you, Mary. God bless you as well. Uh, let, let, let me throw this to you, by the way, not to Mary particularly, but everybody, um, you know, again, who are uh, on the side of the extreme side of this is all a big hoax, if not a hoax, you know, a lot of, well, how did BJ word it? Hocum pocum or something. Um, the reason I think we need to be a little bit more serious about it and at least consider it a little bit more seriously than just that. Um, being a deep state, uh, you know, attempt at a, at a coup, et cetera, et cetera, or a one world government is how often do you see in this day and age Democrats and Republicans agreeing with one another? Um, you generally don't, pretty much ever on just about anything, except on this. President Trump is sounding the same national emergency alarm as one of his most stalwart enemies, uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, and of Gavin Newsom, the Democrat governor of California. Um, Governor Mike DeWine is doing the same thing that uh, Governor Jay Inslee in Washington is doing to a large degree. Republicans and Democrats coming together in agreement. Now, they may disagree about who's handling it better and whether or not Trump should have done more or whatever. But just as it pertains to the threat of the virus, Republicans and Democrats are all doing the same thing, largely. And that's what leads me to believe that maybe this isn't as much of a government coup or a government hoax or a government scare tactic or a government power grab as one might think. Despite the fact that there are going to be some politicians who do use it for that. I gave you the example of Champaign, Illinois, where they're trying to use it to, uh, to strike at the Second Amendment. But uh, generally speaking, it's enough of a health scare that Republican and Democrat leaders in D.C. and Republican and Democrat leaders in state capitals across the country are all singing the same tune. And that is the tune of the medical profession that is saying this is as serious as it would appear. And we do need to, if nothing else, slow it down to the point where even though we know that 80-plus percent of the people who contract the disease are going to be just fine, and it's less than 20% that is going to be hospitalized, and, and the vast majority of them are going to be senior citizens, uh, while we can accept all of those numbers, we have to at least slow it down to the point where the hospitals and medical facilities are not overwhelmed. Um, I think the fact that Republicans and Democrats are united on this front might just lend credence to the fact that this is a medical thing and less of a political thing. But yet there are still political considerations, especially as it pertains to the Constitution. So think about that a little bit and talk to me after the news on 1420 The Answer. Ten thirty nine. thank you again for being with us on AM 1420 The Answer. 
a little late coming back here because we had an extended conversation with uh, Jim Jordan, who's, like everybody else in Washington right now, is trying to find the right answer, to try to find the right balance on how to deal with this Wuhan coronavirus, uh, the balance between government uh, protection, uh, protection and uh, trying to deal with this health crisis, which it is indeed, without stepping on Americans' constitutional rights, which is where we are in a little bit of a dangerous ground in a lot of places, including here in the state of Ohio, with respect to Americans' civil liberties. Joining us now to discuss that balance, as well as, in case you forgot, there's a campaign for president going on. There was a debate on the Democrat side last night as the Democrats try to find somebody that they think can take down President Trump. And joining us now is Bob Paduchik, senior advisor to the Trump-Pence 2020 campaign. Bob, good to have you back on the program. How are you? Bob, it's great to be with you. I'm doing well here in uh, Delaware County, Ohio, and uh, uh, the while uh, other things in life have stopped, the, the campaign does not, and we keep moving a- ahead. You know, what's weird is is the campaigns have stopped, too, to the extent that, you know, the president can't hold his rallies that he is so fond of and so very highly successful at. He energizes people by the thousands uh, and reminds everybody of what a great job he has done in his first three and a half years. So that part of the campaign is being impacted. Not that it's not for Biden and Bernie, the last two standing for the Democrats. You know, they can't have their you know any rallies either. But how much has that impacted the strategy that you and the other campaign advisors are uh, are giving the president well you know you have to adapt on a campaign i mean it, it's obvious i mean you you've been to the rallies i think they're incredible and uh, people love to hear directly from the president without the filter of the news media in washington dc or in new york and it, it, it's a great time it, it, it's a really good opportunity for us to touch a lot of voters and collect a lot of data and to to move the campaign forward but but in these situations, you have to adapt and do things different. We're doing a lot more phone calls, reaching out to uh, voters. Uh, we have a primary election uh, tomorrow. And while the president's unopposed, I know he always appreciates when his supporters come out and show their support for him and, and vote for him in the primaries. They've done a remarkable job of that, um, especially in those early primary states where uh, the president's turnout was stronger than the combined turnout of the Democrat candidates, which is pretty amazing, uh, considering nobody has to drag themselves to the polls to do something that is largely ceremonial. So that is great. And I agree, and I hope uh, Ohio Republicans flock to the polls tomorrow to show everybody that Ohio is going to be red again. So I hope they do go right. out there and cast their uh, their vote for the president, even though he is unopposed. Um Let's talk about the president's approval rating. Let's talk about the political hits that he's taking right now, Bob. How do you and the other advisors of the campaign counter the negative publicity? Now, we know the media has been giving Donald Trump negative publicity since the moment he descended the escalator. Uh, But now they feel like in this campaign season they've got something on him, and that is that the uh, CDC was unprepared under his administration's leadership, that the pandemic um, department was closed down under his leadership, and uh, the tests are not enough. They're really trying to say that Trump didn't do enough to, to control and slow the spread of this disease here. How does the campaign deal with that? Well, we call it out when 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 the Democrats overstep. And and I think there's two things here. One, I, I think they're playing a very dangerous game here by by using political tax against this president while he's trying to deal with a global crisis at this point. And uh, I think the voters see through that. And, and again, the Democrats are playing a very dangerous game. Uh, there's plenty of time 
to uh, Monday morning quarterback this thing when when we've got uh, our country back on track again. And uh, I think they're making a huge mistake at this point. That said, you know, that when the president wanted to shut down travel from China uh, months ago, uh, what were the Democrats doing? They were, they were trying to impeach him. And so I, I think the voters are, are smarter than some of the mainstream media and, and some Democrats give them credit for. And uh, they see what's going on here. They see that this president's been attacked since the day he was elected, and, and it's never stopped. And uh, in many instances, these attacks are unwarranted and unfounded. And, you know, uh, we deal with them by calling them out each and every time they arise. <laughs> You know, one thing, uh, we're talking about Paducic, senior advisor to Trump, Pence 2020. One thing um, that the left has wanted to do since the president took office is crash the economy. Uh, Bill Maher infamously kind of spoke for all of them on his TV show, and he said, uh, it's worth it. What would be better, having a recession or losing your democracy, or which it would be worse, rather? He said, bring on the right. recession because it'll help get rid of Trump. I feel like the media is doing everything in their power to drive this virus scare into doing just that, driving politicians, driving leadership into shutting things down, contracting the economy to the point where the president's biggest reelection point, which is how great the economy is doing, uh, will be taken away from him by November. Do you feel like that is a concerted effort? I, I we, we see them trying to do that. I, I don't think they're going to be successful, to be honest. Uh, you know, again, they have, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, about uh, back in uh, December, they tried to talk down the economy into a recession. And, you know, we see this, again, often with the media. Uh, fortunately, you know, there are a lot of people get their information from a lot of different places, and they know the facts. So there's a lot of people that listen to your radio program. There are other people out there that uh, are getting information from other sources that uh, are more balanced than what we see in the mainstream media. Uh, look, I, I think what's going to happen is that, that that because of the president's leadership, the country's going to get through this. We get through things like this in our nation's history, and we're going to see a sharp uh, V-shaped uh, uh, rebound with the economy. Because let's be honest here, there, there's nothing wrong with the economy other than we're dealing with this global pandemic. There's no fundamental shortcomings in the economy. It's what we're doing when we're trying to deal with the health and welfare of people. Well, you know, you're 100 percent right. There, there, there. The economy was going great guns, obviously, but but this is going to have an impact. And, and in fact, it's not just the Democrats. I mean, you know, Governor Mike DeWine here in the state of Ohio, I don't think has any intent, intention whatsoever of trying to harm Ohio's economy or President Trump. Yet here we are. Uh, bars and restaurants uh, closed as of last night, 9 p.m. No bars are going to be allowed to be open. Restaurants only on a carryout basis. This is going to put a lot of servers, a lot of, uh, of workers who work inside of these kinds of places out of work. Um, and I was talking to Jim Jordan about this. Uh, 69% of Americans, this is a staggering stat I did not know until I saw it on Bankrate, 69% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. So they are relying upon the great job market that the president helped create. They're, they're getting raises, they're getting great wages, they're getting more opportunities, and so on and so forth. And now that grinds to a halt because of the decisions that have to be made with respect to this, you know, this pandemic. Um, so the economy is going to take a hit here, and it's not the president's fault, it's really no one 
anyone's fault except for the uh, the, the virus itself. Um, I, I guess the question is, is how do we keep the wheels of the economy spinning? Um, obviously, there's going to be a big cash infusion from the federal government. Lowering the Fed rate to, right. to, to zero certainly helps that. But it's a really tough road to hoe here, isn't it, for the next several months? Well, and I think that, they're, they're, that, the, that the way they're going to do this is the way they should do this, which is systematically looking at which industries are, 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 are getting hit the hardest. The, the biggest challenge is going to be small business owners because, yeah. again, you know, they, they're, they're, it's, one, it's easier to deal with, you know, uh, you know uh, the, the travel industry, for example, than it is to do with small business because there's just so many people in so many different ways that are impacted by this. And, um, you know, we, we're, you know, it, 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 there's challenges. This is where we see the medal of our elected officials at, at both the state and federal level that they rise to the occasion to deal with these issues. Um, one more question on the economy, and that is, of course, the other thing that we've been very excited about is all of our 401ks have been padded and all of our retirement accounts are growing and so on, and all of our investments are returning great yields. And, now the Dow just continues to plummet, even though the Fed made their move, and even though the president is promising everything he can, uh, we continue to see this, uh, uh, this, this panic selling, and it's continuing again this morning. Um, what, do you, what do you expect that can be done by the president, by the Fed, or anybody else to try to, to, try to bring some sense and some reason back into the investors' markets? Because, again, people are scared right now, and they're selling everything. Well, I think that, you know, they're, you know I, I'm... I'm not a financial guy. You know, I've got all my stuff at Fidelity and I kind of let them deal with it because they're smarter. I, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. Uh, look, we, we see this in uh, what the experts tell us in the stock market. We see this in the past. There, There's times when there's volatility, but over the long haul, it's better to stay, stay put because these things work themselves out. If, uh, if you, if you don't sell your stock and you hold it and, uh, we get a V-shaped recovery in a month or two months, then you're not impacted at all. Nothing's really changed. And so uh, that's what advisors are telling people. And, and uh, you know, I'm not any smarter than to, to go beyond uh, what, what their advice is. It has uh, fallen, just for those who aren't tracking it, uh, 1,800 points uh, this morning. As of 1049 this morning, it is uh, down 7.93%, so 1,800 points. So people are still not quite uh, uh, able to, to, to bring themselves to keep their money where it is, like you said. And I'm, this, is, this is not my area of expertise either. I just know that the higher the number is, the better we are all doing, the lower it is, the more nervous a lot of us get. Uh, I have to ask yeah. you before you go. I have to ask you before you go, since you are, of course, sure. uh, an advisor to the Trump campaign. Let's talk about the opponents. Uh, I just just going to feature one from uh, from Joe Biden last night. Uh, this has nothing to do with the coronavirus, but I just want everybody to know who this guy is. But I will send to the desk immediately a bill that requires the access to citizenship for 11 million undocumented folks. Number one, number two. In the first hundred days of my administration, no one. No one will be deported at all. From that point on, the only deportations that will take place are commissions of felonies in the United States of America. So criminal aliens who, come, who have committed uh, felonies 
outside of the United States and then come to the United States illegally and those uh, those uh, uh, crimes are discovered will not be deported. They're going to stay here where they can continue to commit felonies as they are want to do. That's number one. Number two, he said that 11 million uh, illegal aliens are going to be uh, uh, given pathways to citizenship in a Biden administration. And then thirdly, Bob Paduchik, the way he said that, does he understand how government works? He said that he's going to put a bill, send a bill to the desk to uh, to legalize all of these people. Does he realize that when he's president, he doesn't make bills, that the gover- the legislature makes bills, they send them to his desk? I, th- I think he's still a very, very confused man. I, oh, well, that goes without saying, but, but let's be clear. What he said ought to uh, scare a lot of people. What he's basically saying is he's going to give a, a, a amnesty to the, and you know, this is an estimate that there's 11 million illegals in the United States, that he's just going to give a blanket amnesty. Bob, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, let's say, God forbid, but let's say that Joe Biden wins the election in November. What do you think is going to happen in uh, November, December, January, up until the point where he enacts that amnesty law? Gonna oh, you're going to have a huge run. You're going to have a, just a massive <laughs> flooding of the border. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be insane. People are just going to be like um, waves and waves and waves of people coming in, and we're not going to have any idea who these people are, what their background is, what they represent. Are do, are they coming to this uh, country for uh, noble reasons, or are they coming to this country for, for bad reasons? You, you just don't know. It's it just it, well, this is pandering in the worst sense. And to bring the conversation full circle to where we started, Bob Paduchek, you, you know, we don't know what their background is. We don't know what their history is. We also don't know what viruses they may be carrying. And that's another big issue here is, is people coming across that southern border from around the world and maybe from places where the virus is in a, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, being transmitted and spread a lot more than it is in the United States. So, yeah, that's a very, very important point uh, to remember. We have no idea what kind of an impact that's going to be. Bob Paduchik, uh, Senior Advisor to Trump Pence 2020. Bob, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll keep up with, uh, uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Thank you, sir. We'll uh, we'll definitely keep up with Bob Paduchik and the campaign. 1053, quick timeout, final segment next. Final segment. AM 1420, The Answer, really great conversations all day today, and I know our last conversation is going to be great because it comes from Navy Man Norm in Strongsville. Navy Man Norm, good to talk to you, my friend. Good morning. Bob, I'm yes, sir. sorry, but I disagree with you. Dr. Gloomin Doom, D. Weiner, as I call him, is not inspiring anybody. He comes on with a face of a fudge a mile long, and the first thing out of his medical doctor, medical director's mouth is, oh, 10% of Ohioans have uh, the coronavirus. No evidence, no supporting factors, and it, it just drives me crazy. And I'm, I'm with your first caller. I'm going to live my life. I'm 79 years old. Uh, you know, I had a virus in January. I had one in, in February. But I'll be damned if I'm going to be kept captive in my house by a bunch of bureaucrats that stand there and tell me, that this country is basically uh, not worth fighting for. And I'm going to fight with it. I'm going to fight for it in every way I can. I'm not going to use crazy stuff. I'm going to use common sense every day. Wash your hands, take showers, stay clean, stay away from maybe large crowds and that. I do agree with that. But for DeWine to come on 
and just arbitrarily shut down all the bars and restaurants and then come on and say, well, I think I, we're going to close the schools for the rest of the year. This guy is just out of his element, Bob. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I feel. No, don't be sorry at all, Norm. I would I only take issue with one thing that you said. I never described Mike DeWine as inspiring in any way <clears throat> at all. What I did say is that Mike DeWine isn't alone, that Democrat and Republican governors alike and our Republican president are all kind of singing the same tune here. The president may indeed be convinced by Dr. Fauci, the, uh, the, the Anthony Fauci, who's kind of been the, the, the leading voice in all of this, into shutting down even more at a federal level than even even what DeWine is doing here at a state level. And and the fact that everybody is in agreement on this, or not everybody, but the Republicans and Democrats alike, means there's something that we probably should be aware of. That's all I'm saying. Well, and I, and I agree with that. As far as the outfit like the NBA goes, who cares? I don't... Well, well, I would tell you hundreds of thousands of vendors and ushers and employees at those arenas care. That's one thing we have to talk about, too. Yeah. Hey, Norm, be safe, my friend. Be healthy. Call me tomorrow. We'll talk more when we have more time. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.